Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Well, this is my favorite session, uh, possibly of the year. Night practice for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Hi, everybody. You're listening to IMSA Radio, and I am Shay Adam, lucky enough to be standing on the pit lane in a fire suit because that is the regulations. This session is full race simulation. No dump jugs for the fuel. You do live refueling. The only people over the wall have to be fully clothed as if we are in the race. And it is indeed Saturday night going for the race win and championships. It is wonderful down here. The temperature has stayed pretty low throughout the entirety of the day. The wind has died down for right now. And it is ideal conditions. 16 degrees 66 degrees Fahrenheit, 19 degrees centigrade. So it is perfect out here. And I am not alone on the pit lane for this session, I'm happy to say. Nick Damon has come all the way over for this, his favorite race and favorite racetrack, and is joining me now. Yeah, it's all the way from Milton Keynes. Uh, I ensconced my chance to get stuck at the roundabout where they're doing the roadworks just by the Red Bull factory. And I've come to uh, Road Atlanta instead. And I've also gone to the uh, far end, pit in of uh, pit lane. I'm with the 38 Performance Tech Motorsports uh, P3, and it's with um, Tyler Maxson. Tyler, um, give us a story of your weekend so far. Yeah, you know, we've uh, struggled with pace a little bit. We're uh, making some changes, and we think we're moving towards the front. So we made a good amount of changes here for the night session and see where we end up. We think we got good long run speed, and that's what matters for the 10-hour. Um, you also had to run the Pilot Challenge as well. It's a busy day. How did that go? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a busy day jumping back and forth, but uh, been running pretty good on the Michelin Pilot side, so we're really excited for that race tomorrow. How easy is it to go from uh, downforce to just an ordinary car? Uh, is it an easy transition, like two laps or just straight away? Uh, it's not too hard of a transition. It's definitely a bit different. Um, you got to trust the P3 car a lot more than you do the, the Michelin car. It's got a lot more body roll, but it's not too bad of a transition, but uh, it definitely takes a little bit of a mental reset. So what's the program for this evening? Uh, run is run some laps, but not too many. Just don't want to risk the car for the for the race. Make sure it gets to there and keep the car clean. Tyler, great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I wanted to talk to somebody with some race experience from today. Kai Umbrella, fresh out of the Porsche, back into the LMP3. How hard is it to bounce back and forth between the two? I mean, it's been a long day. Uh, <laughs> we started this morning in the Porsche, went into the P3, back into the Porsche, now back into the P3. I mean, obviously, it's a completely different car, but I just don't try to overthink it. We're fighting for in both uh, series and for the championship, so obviously, you know, I want to do well in both. At the end of the day, it's not ideal, but it is what it is, and I've been able to manage it pretty well so far. So uh, I've been enjoying it so far. Even though it's really busy, you know, you get to have a lot of track time. Um, it's, it's totally different, but it, I've had a blast so far. Well, between last year and this, you've had a lot of laps around Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, but never at night. How excited are you for your next laps in this car? Yeah, I'm really curious, actually. I asked some guys how it is, and they say it's really dark. They said Sebring is bad, but this place is apparently worse. So uh, I got my glasses out. I will need them probably, and I'm just looking forward to getting some laps in. How good has it been to rejoin with Felipe Fraga and Gar Robinson in this car? Because it's been a while. June was a long time ago. 
Yeah, it's been a while, but I've been following the guys closely. Obviously, we've had a very successful first half of the season, so I was just super excited to get back with the guys. Uh, looking at Daytona, and then we had success in Watkins Glen. Sebring was a little harder, but you know, we've been super competitive. I've been watching these guys closely, and I'm just excited to get back in the car. We are, we are a really competitive team, so um, yeah, I think we're looking good for this weekend. Well, first off, good luck tomorrow in the Porsche race, and then good luck to Motul Petit Le Mans. We'll talk to you several times during the race, I'm sure. Thank you very much. Probably just as well you didn't ask him about it, today eh? because his lead's been uh, pulled back just a, a wee bit in that uh, championship. But he sounded happy there. That's good news. And he's, he's got something else to focus on as well, Jeremy. That might not be the worst thing here. To clear his mind going into that deciding race for Porsche Carrera Cup North America presented by uh, Visit Cayman Islands. Yeah, you're right. Uh, good point, really, because he's had his lead in that championship in the final weekend of the season cut more than in half going into the finale tomorrow just five points separating him from uh, Parker Thompson in second position and if they have the same finishing positions as today one ahead of the other uh, first and second uh, if it's uh, basically it's which whichever one wins uh, mm. although your Parker Thompson they're going to be equal on it's going to come down to final positions and Quite likely, it'll come down to who sets the fastest lap tomorrow. If one of those two does, that could be the critical factor as well. So, really, all to play for there. Uh, great attitude, though. He's, you know, he's fully focused on this car for right now. It's a very different car, of course, the LMP3 compared to the Porsche. But uh, he's, he's a very impressive young man. Uh, he's not made himself too many friends in the, in the Porsche paddock. I, I, I uh, have come to learn over the last 24 hours or so. But uh, he's certainly a you know, he handles himself extremely well. He's generally smiling. Yeah. Um, smiling assassin, somebody called him down the, pa- well. the Porsche paddock. But hey, yeah, not everybody's going to love you, and if, particularly if you're having success. Motor racing as well is the ultimate results-based game, yeah. isn't it? And um, as somebody once said to me, this isn't a popularity contest. Uh, I've come here to earn a living and to race. An hour and a half was on the clock to start with. The sun going down towards the far side of the circuit, the west end up at turn seven. We're starting to see some stars in the sky. Still absolutely clear. Got a... Now, where, what are we in the moon? Is that another waxing, gibbing moon or whatever we had at Portugal that we had the whole chat about? Beautiful images from the photographers around the circuit. Uh, saw Regis Lefebvre before I came back into the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre here. He was salivating at the thought of what we might have this evening in terms of the clear skies and uh, what he might be able to get out on the circuit. Pulling about three different cameras out. And off he was going on his golf cart. So uh, everyone has to do some night laps here. Uh, I suspect some teams will do more than others. Uh, yeah, and I, I just uh, walked down from dinner with the Kamui Kobayashi going back to the... Uh, Ally Cadillac uh, tent for this night practice. He raced here last year, so he does have experience on this racetrack. Absolutely loves it, by the way. Uh, and he's uh, very saddened that uh, it looks like he probably, most likely, won't have an opportunity to come back over here next year with his uh, commitments to the Toyota team in, in the WEC. So that's he's disappointed by that. So are we, because he's a great character. He's a heck of a driver, too. He was fast today. He says there's still some work to do on the car. But he, like many other drivers, say this is the most important session of the yes. weekend, yes. other, of course, than the race, because the race is going to finish at night time. Yes. It's much cooler now than it was during the day in practice session two. 
and uh, the key to having success here is to have this car working uh, optimally for the night uh, night hours leading towards the chequered flag tomorrow night. There's, there's the moon Waxing up there. Waxing crescent, that, cool? that is, Jeremy. It's, very it's a cool. waxing crescent moon. Um, shot there, illumination, 27% tonight. It'll be 38% uh, tomorrow. Uh, and what? on uh, Saturday, uh, it will be a first quarter moon. Uh, 49% of it, it will be illuminated tomorrow, if it's clear, on Saturday, if we can see. That much difference? Yeah, absolutely, oh. in three days. Uh, Sheer Adam is down in the pit lane. Who, are we ticking off another one of our teams, Sheer? Uh, well, ticking them off a list, not ticking them off in the fact that we're getting them angry at us, uh, because we wouldn't want to do that, particularly with Matt Fell, because you've won this race, Matt, in 2014 with Paul Miller Racing. Now you're back for another shot at it, LMP3 night. How different is it when you've got the closed cockpit around you and the glaring reflections that are just on either side of your helmet as opposed to having a nice big windshield, well, a couple of feet in front of you? Yeah, it's, it's tricky in the, in the closed cockpit prototypes. There's quite a small bubble around you, so the A-pillars are really right in the way quite a lot of the time. And the LP 3 car lights are uh, they're not the best. The LP 2s and the DPIs have got some really nice headlights. Uh, we're lacking a little bit in that department, so it does make things tricky. But it all adds to the challenge, and you know, there's nothing quite like Petit Le Mans at uh, night. Absolutely love this place. John said this must feel like home because in Newcastle there are no streetlights at all, right? <laughs> we have electricity now. <laughs> Better than Sunderland. <laughs> Joining back in this car, uh, you joined uh, Ori Fidani for the first time at Road America, got his first ever podium position in that race. Now you've got Lars Kern back again. Do you think maybe this is a magical trio that can get onto the podium once more? We really hope so. We obviously did Daytona as well, and we were on, on course to challenge for a podium there and had a little mechanical with an hour and a half to go, so that was a, a shame. But, yeah, I mean, we're pushing for it. We, we've made some strides at Road America, and that showed in the results. So I'm bullish. Competition in this class is massive. You know, you've got the Riley guys, the core guys, Sean Creech, those you know, the established uh, high-level teams. But uh, we'll be creeping our way up to them, so... I'm pretty confident we'll be taking a challenge to them, that's for sure. Lars was driving in GTD last year. I mentioned you've got the win in GTD. How different is it to adapt to a class when you know the track and the race so well? It takes a few things off the list. So, you know, you're just adapting to, you know, ultimately when you go from a GT to a prototype, you've got a little bit more grip and a little bit less weight, so everything's going in the right direction. It's just believing and trusting that grip most of the time. So, uh, but yeah, I love it. I still love my GT cars. I love my LMP3 cars. I love my LMP2 cars. If I'm driving in a Petit Le Mans, I don't really care. I just love this place. Yeah. Matt, thanks. Good luck this weekend. Cheers. Thank you very much. And you can remind uh, Matt Bell from Newcastle that the incandescent electric light bulb was invented by Joseph Swan, who was born in Pallion in Sunderland. So we <laughs> absolutely had uh, light first. He also came up with... Uh, a uh, very early version of um, hydroelectric and uh, lit a whole house up in the uh, northeast. Um, he did live in Gateshead for a long time, though, so we kind of, you know, we can we can claim when we're away from home, we can we can claim him as a northeast lad. Uh, Matt Bell, there, tall driver. Uh, meantime, uh, Nick Damon is talking to me. Say again, Nick, please, on the uh, tour bus. Ah. Thank you. We'll tick off uh, another team that we didn't speak to earlier on. Carl Marcelli out of the number 76 car. Uh, Carl, you, you, your name is on the car, but it wasn't in my entry list. Is it, is it a late call up, this one? 
Yeah, it was a late call-up. Uh, AWA originally had Wayne Boyd scheduled to do this race, um, a, a, a young bloke from, uh, from England. Um, he had a family emergency that he had to attend, and I was a bit of a last-minute substitute. Uh, I know the team. Um, obviously, they're a Canadian team. We don't live far from one another. I've raced against them and raced with them over the years, so uh, it was sort of a seamless uh, fit for both of us. Um, the LMP3 is a little bit new to me still. It's been several years since I've raced a prototype. Um, during the American Le Mans Series days, I was I was in an LMPC car for about five years, so I was very familiar with prototypes. But really, since about 2014, I've been racing GT mainly. So a bit of a, uh, a learning curve that I need to reacclimate to, but having fun. Yeah, the big difference, of course, the LMPC and the these P3s, because the LMPC is a lovely open-top car. You can see out beautifully. This is a very tightly constrained uh, uh, closed-top prototype. Is, is visibility a surprise to you? Is it an issue? Uh, you know, I always wondered that, because you're right, the LMPC being the open cockpit, you know, now all prototypes are closed cockpit. Visibility is not terrible. You you have a little bit of a blind spot on the right, uh, the right side, uh, looking at apexes, but it's really not all that bad. Um, you know, ergonomics are, are a hot topic right now for us. Trying to get three uh, three drivers of various different sizes to fit comfortably in a in a prototype is always a challenge. It's a it's a, a compromise. Um, and you know, I think we're we're we're, we're keeping expectations close. Uh, this is really just a test for this team. You know, they're assembling crew and really assembling this program to build for next year. Uh, obviously, you want to get a good result, but. The team's more focused on a full-season program next year and, and the people involved in it. You talk about ergonomics. Is that is that more about getting the drivers in and out quickly than actually driver comfort? Because you guys are used to be uncomfortable whilst driving, but obviously you can't do driver change quickly. You're just throwing time away, aren't you? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, when I say ergonomics, I mean actually driving the car. Okay. Yeah, we're not too concerned about driver change pace at this point, but just the ergonomics while driving. I mean, I'm... Uh, I've got long legs, and right now my knees are just getting slammed against the steering column in the upper part of the tub. Uh, one of the other drivers is struggling for visibility. He's sitting a little bit too low, so those are just little challenges that we have. Uh, you know, my background the last six years, mainly in GT. Uh, GT cars feel like Cadillacs compared to prototypes. You know, you're, you're pretty comfortable in a GT car. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, the, the Road Atlantic course, it's with, with all the, uh, the uphill and down dale, that's, it's not be, you do need great visibility. And sitting too low is going to be a problem with the, the hill and the rise and the fall. Oh, absolutely. You know, visibility is key, especially here in the night. Um, thankfully, we've got good spotters. We've got two of them, one in turn 10 and one in turn 5. And uh, they're our eyes and ears. Great stuff. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Yeah, curious that Carl was talking about lack of experience in these cars. He raced at Watkins Glen mm. in the six hours, also at Canadian Time Motorsport Park as well for this team so that was a bit curious but anyway but he's right of course this as we talked about earlier on this afternoon this team is gearing up to run two cars next year for so for this uh, number uh, 76 car that uh, Kyle is driving uh, along with Josh Sarche and Anthony Mantella they are very much geared up towards next year new new race engineer there Ian Willis uh, new to that to them at least but he's massively experienced in all sorts of different cars uh, and it's a uh, you know, it's a good little team that's been put together by uh, Andrew Wojcik, the, uh, the, who is the AW of AWA, ah. and uh, Anthony Mantella, who is uh, driving this number 76 car. So, yeah, uh, interesting to see that you know they're, they are, they're building towards next year. They're, 
you know, they're, they're not in any championship reckoning for here, but they are planning on doing a full season next year and going for that championship, so they want to be as best prepared as possible. New fastest time there for Tristan Vautier, once again showing well in number yes. five, Carl. Quick this afternoon, I saw him just a few minutes ago, and thumbs up from him. He's pretty happy with the way that car is working. We heard from Richard Westbrook Hello. earlier this afternoon. He had some uh, braking difficulties earlier on with the number five car, the Mustang sampling J.D. Seymour, Motorsports Cadillac. But uh, they made some good, solid changes to that car. Ricky Cameron, the uh, race engineer there. And uh, they're pretty, pretty comfortable going into this night's session. I love talking to people after they've had their first night laps around Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Eric Johansson, Paul Miller Racing BMW. You've never raced at this track. You've tested here, but you've never been around it at night. How dark is it? I mean, at the moment, it's not that dark, but for sure it makes it a bit different. You don't really get the reference points as you get in the, in the daylight, so you have to really learn the track. And when you're new to the track, for sure it makes it more difficult. You raced in the Carrera Cup North America last year. I'm sure you were watching that race with one weary eye. Are you learning anything about racing at this place by watching the support series? I mean, racing in the Petit Le Mans has always been a dream for me. It's a bucket list race for, I think, every endurance driver. So for sure, racing here is a dream come true for me. And uh, to actually do it with a team like Formula Racing is another dream come true because it gives us a winning chance for the race. How much fun has it been to drive the BMW around this track? It seems like a good setup. I mean, first of all, the BMW is a great car. And uh, driving it with this team just makes it so much better because they really know how to set it up. And every time we go on track, we have a competitive car. So it makes it so much better. We were talking to Jesse Crone earlier on about all the drivers wanting to put their names in to drive the new uh, GTP car that's coming out. Is there any possibility for you to be driving that car one day? I mean, for sure, it would be a dream for me to drive it. But uh, for now, I'm focusing on this. But uh, I mean, I think if you ask any driver in the paddock, everyone will say that they want to drive the GTP cars. And for sure, I'm one of them as well. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Hope you get a few more night laps tonight and enjoy. Thank you. Talking of BMWs, uh, just saw Colin Filippi a few minutes ago down the paddock. He's just arrived at the racetrack, actually. He's been uh, testing in the uh, GTP car at Watkins Glen the last couple of days, yesterday and, and I, think, uh, I think this morning as well, actually. Uh, he flew down to Charlotte, which is where he lives these days, originally yeah. from the West Coast, lives in Charlotte, drove down from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, drive from Charlotte? Yes, he said, yeah, he said, but the traffic up from Atlanta Airport, it's probably quicker doing it that way. He got here in two and a half hours or so, so he's ready to go the first time. He hasn't tested the car here this year, so he hasn't driven this car, M4 GT4, a GT3 car here uh, here at, Road, at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta before just hopping into the car now for the night session and already turning some very competitive lap times actually uh, fourth in the uh, GTD how long, Pro Cars How long and Nick Damon I hope he's listening to this how, how long did you say it took him to drive down from Charlotte? Two and a half hours Two and a half hours yeah. and, he, and he only went to one Road Atlanta on the way here Nick it didn't take him four yeah. hours from the airport well, you know, to Buford. I, I would just like to say, as an IHG uh, Diamond Elite member, my gosh, they have an awful lot of Holiday Inn Expresses <laughs> in the area. Uh, well, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, but look, if, you, if you're in the UK... Which was the best say, one, then, Nick? I want, to go to the, I want to go to this particular... Other brands are available, but I want to go to the Holiday Express Inn, and I could do an entire county with a choice of one. This is Lake Lanier. It's like a small area. There's three. 
And you know what? We got the third one. We had a lovely trip. We had a lovely look around. We saw some super scenery. And I went up and down a highway on several occasions. Marvellous. And in all times, the bright red Hyundai Combs a perfect companion. Cool to end at that. Well, yeah. And Andrew Murray was saying, I've been coming here no, for 40 no. years. I'm sure this is the way. Yeah, Andrew, who decided to tell uh, the responsible adult that he was helping... Let's just say he, uh, as a journalist, he was slightly rewriting history. <laughs> but you got here and you still managed to get something to eat uh, before you turned in on Tuesday night. And you don't care now because you're at the track, which is great. Uh, Nick Damon, along with Shea Adam down in the pit. Uh, and it's Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, an absolute... Uh, hive of activity to my left which will be the NBC Sports television booth it's been uh, built, rebuilt uh, taken apart and rebuilt again today uh, by the guys as they sort the screens and everything out it'll be uh, Lee Diffie Calvin Fish and Brian Till who'll be populating that for the most part, I think I saw James Hinchcliffe um, uh, as well as well in there earlier on today and Townsend Bell as well be part of that part of the normal IndyCar um, yeah Townsend hasn't got a drive this year has he? Uh, yeah. yeah so that frees him off to do television uh, and that will be those will be your play by play for and Dave Burns actually is the, the man that I knew him missed out there Six of them to do the <laughs> coverage uh, for the TV uh, on NBC across the weekend. Check local le- uh, listings for details on Saturday. If you're outside the US, no breaks for you. We will go uh, flag to flag for you. And if you're in the US, you can listen either on RS2 or indeed you can uh, go to Sirius XM find out whether it was 206 or 207 I haven't looked for that uh, and by the way for those of you who are watching in the States on uh, the various versions of NBC it'll be Kevin Lee Matt Yorkham Hannah Newhouse and Dylan Welsh in the pits over the 10 hours for you as I say outside the US including Canada we'll give you Live free coverage, flag to flag with no interruptions. All you have to do is go to imsaradio.com and hit the live video buttons. And Keith and Roger will be cutting the pictures for us on the international TV suite. And in advance, I want to say thank you to all of NASCAR Productions up in Charlotte, uh, as well as our camera operators here on the ground and the tech staff on the ground as well have been working really really hard Taylor Rollins and the Tape Apes which I'll say again sounds like I'm being a little detrimental I am not I say that with great affection um, for our replay team best in the biz Uh, let's go down to Nick Damon down in the pit lane where have you rocked up at Nick? I'm in sort of the middle, really, when we're racing. Uh, they're Mercedes and uh, Marcel Dienst. Um, Marcel, um, basic programme for tonight, just all three of you get a couple of laps and then go to bed? Yes, indeed. Uh, for me, I already finished the night stands. 
did my mandatory laps. Now it's uh, Philip in the car and then Russell to, to do the mandatory laps. Just getting used to we had a quite a decent program this, this morning and this afternoon in free practice one and two. We, we got all, everything we wanted done. And now we're all set, just doing the mandatory laps and then uh, we push tomorrow and qualify. Everyone says the night time is the important time when it comes to the race itself. So how different is the car now than it was during the, during the, uh, the middle of the day? I mean, the car for us, actually, it's not that different. It's just uh, the visuals completely change. Your refer point, reference points, they're not shifted, but you're searching for them because apparently you don't see that, that far ahead anymore and you really have to, to make yourself new references. Um, and this is the, what the night practice is for, uh, getting used to the conditions, and then we see how it goes uh, on Saturday. Is it a case where the, the, the three of you will get together and go, uh, well, actually, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really keen on the night. Do you, do you have you know, a specialist night driver in the team, or are you all just you know, equally just fighting for every minute you can get in the seat? I think Philip and I might possibly be quite equal, uh, but since he's the gold, uh, he will do probably our last stint as usual. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind driving at night. Actually, I prefer driving at night. Uh, I somehow like it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. But um, so far, I think everybody of us is really decent in the night. Great, Marcel, thank you thank very you. much. Basically, John, I'm trying to pick up tips for the iRacing Petit Le Mans next weekend. <laughs> Marvin, sorry. <laughs> that is my bad eyesight. That's what that is. It's now, basically... Put um, your glasses on. I haven't got them with me, have I? <laughs> I'm going to get the iPhone torch out to, to illuminate things. It's obviously gone horribly wrong. A just caught up with me. And, uh, yes, I'll carry on from there. I don't know, and I can't find the hotel. <laughs> you can follow me home uh, tonight. Uh, when we've had a decent run of form uh, uh, recently, haven't they? Found, yeah. found form. No, I mean, uh, funny season for them. Uh, I would have expected them to be challenging maybe for a, a championship uh, position. A little bit off that. Yeah, but the the, uh, the last the, they won the last two, and it, it should have been three in a row. They had a quote unquote fuel pump failure on the final lap at uh, at uh, Limebok, didn't they? Oh yes, um, yes. Uh, they claim it was a fuel pump failure. Coincidence that happens on the last lap when everybody's running low on fuel, but whatever. Um, but you know, apart from that, they've had a you know a really 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 strong. Uh, end to the season so it's been uh, nothing but positives I think for that number 57 team they've given a really good account of themselves and you know trying to to complete the hat-trick here this weekend and uh, you know they're up in you know they're up in fourth place in the points and certainly aren't out of the championship reckoning by any means whatsoever uh, so you know if they, they, they had a couple of poorer finishes earlier on perhaps but uh, they've had uh, three poles this season they've scored more qualifying points than anybody else in GTD that's down to Russell Ward of course who always qualifies that number 57 car so I'd say it's been an absolutely superb season for that team but uh, talking of superb really impressive lap for Mikkel Jensen in the PR1 Matheson Motorsports LMP2 car he's just been shuffled down by a couple of the DPI cars but uh, up until a couple of minutes ago he was uh, fourth fastest maybe it was fifth overall um uh, at a 111.407 that's only one tenth of a second away from the fastest LMP2 lap we've had today uh, I mean he's really got on with the case as Mikkel that's the car of course that was repaired following the major off this morning for Scott Huffaker so brilliant job by that PR1 Matheson Motorsport team and um, and uh, Mikkel Jensen showed some really really good pace in the 52 car that's the, the car that uh, comes in here leading the LMP2 
points table for the for the uh, for the teams coming into this final round. Uh, that's uh, Jeremy Shaw. We'll head straight back down to the pits where Nick Dearman has found another victim. Yeah, exactly. So it's Robbie Foe this time, straight out of the 96 car. Uh, Road Atlanta at night. Fun, scary, both? Uh, definitely fun. It's a bit of uh, everything. It's a mixed bag. I think um, every time you go out at night here, you always have to give yourself a lap or two just to figure out where to be. It's pretty dark, and with the high speeds, it's critical, obviously, to place a car where you need to. So just work up to it, but I love it. I've done Petit Le Mans a few years here now, and uh, it's probably my favorite race on in the world, I would say. So it's a special feeling driving here at night. You really feel you're in something special. So uh, I love it. Well, you're in a very special BMW. How is the uh, the M4? How has it progressed over the year? How do you feel it is uh, here at Road Atlanta? I think quite good. Uh, we had a decent test a couple weeks ago. We're taking that information and now carrying it into the race weekend. We're learning every time we drive this great new M4 GT3. And um, I think we just tuned her up a little bit then for the night practice. So night's what matters. That's when the race ends. So. Hopefully we're looking good. I mean, it's a, it's a wide open field. Do you, do you, obviously, you go into the race thinking, oh, we can win it, but did you have like a realistic objective, like best BMW? Or Yeah, I mean, you obviously want to do as best you can, but I think this race is often won by pace, uh, so being at the front is quite important, and if you're not, I think you just have to stay out of trouble and find the right moment to then get yourself to the front. It's very difficult to pass here, and there's a lot of traffic, so leading obviously is, is ideal when we uh, won a few years ago we were just at the front the whole time and the race comes to you it's very hard to be on the back foot so hopefully we can qualify well and keep her keep her up front Robbie. thank you mate thanks just checking the sunrise sunset times uh, sunset on saturday is 19 minutes past seven so we can have a goodly proportion, Jeremy, of the race yeah. uh, in twilight and darkness. It's nearly 8 o'clock now and it's pitch black. Yeah. So, you know, the official sunset was only 40 minutes ago. We'll have a little more moon on Saturday. Um, but uh, a little sooner dropping down. So 19.19 is sunset. That's an easy one to remember. For Saturday, isn't the internet a wonderful thing? Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, already in the early hours of Friday morning over in Europe, uh, Friday late morning into the afternoon, if you're in Australasia, depending on what time zone you're on. Welcome if you're joining us for night practice here, still just on an hour to go. And uh, listening to Robbie Foley there, he's pretty happy with the BMW around here. Uh, it's a BMW that's fastest in GTD, quicker than all the pro cars as well. That would be Madison Snow, who set the time in the number one Paul Miller racing BMW M4 GT3. His best time, a 119.836. The fastest lap in, uh, in the practice session so far was an 18.9. So, uh, you, know, you know, well, yeah, not quite up to that, that pace. But still, a good lap there for Brown. So it's interesting, though, I was talking to, when I was talking to Colin Filippi a little while ago, Eric Zito there, one of the engineers on that BMW team, M Team RLL engineer, kind of a 25, the pro car, GTD pro car, he reckons the BMW isn't particularly well suited to this racetrack. So <laughs> interesting uh, that the two BMW teams should have completely different perspectives. 
Well, we've seen at times, Jeremy, haven't we? The uh, completely different performance levels from the Pro Car and each of the two standard GT D cars. We've got three of them here with Turner, Paul Miller Racing and BMW Team RLL. Paul Miller has got their last. Paul Miller got theirs last, but were the first to win. That was the first international uh, victory. Oh, now was it? Samantha Tan Racing, I think, won in the 24-hour series first, but it was certainly the first race win in IMSA for here. Now that going off at the top of the hill was the 10 car of Wayne Taylor Racing, the Conning and Minolta. Thank you, Keith. Brendan Hartley. Brendan. Just said his best hair. lap. Ah, fastest lap and then fall off. Yes. Yep. It can happen. Just pushing a little bit too hard at turn one and he peels off into the pits immediately. 10.6 that was for Brendan on his previous lap. That was his best. As I said, he's just about six tenths off the fastest so time. I just replay those just guys. completely yeah. misjudging yeah. the turn in at turn yeah. two. Um, yeah. And, you know, that could be the darkness, Jeremy, to be Absolutely. quite honest. It's a... It's a different look. Brendan's raced here uh, before, of One course. One year before, yeah. Won in 2017 with the number two ESM car. Number two being in the last 24 events here. The race number that has won the most times. Four times yeah. with uh, Audi and once with ESM. There's a shake of the head from... Brendan Hartley, maybe uh, a little bit uh, of stress for the third driver. You've got to jump in and, and perform straight away. Uh, in a championship contending car, yes, the championship quite. leading car, no, no less. So, you know, quite, quite the uh, uh, feather in your cap to be invited by Wayne Taylor to come here and join this team for this final race. He's never driven the Acura DPI car before. Uh, and on a track like this, where you've, you know, you've raced here a couple of times before, probably, and I'll say had the... Uh, the, the, uh, the victory victory hat uh, and sprayed the champagne here but still that's a, that's a tall order even for somebody who gets Brendan Hartley's experience and he spoke we spoke to him this morning and he admitted to I think it was Shay who was talking no it was Andrew whoever it was uh, he, he, he was you know, he was expressing the fact that he was a little bit nervous you know, that he knew he understands the pressure that he's been put under here and he, he wants to perform he wants he doesn't want to be the one to mess it up for the team that's for absolute sure Another driver in a very similar situation is Dirk Mueller joining in the 32 Team Cawthorne Mercedes for this weekend. Dirk, you have so much experience around Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, but GTD, you're not used to being in the slowest class. How much of a help is it to have spotters around this track when everybody is passing you? Well, so I've done it a lot of times in uh, GT Le Mans, that's for sure. And by the way, I, I just coming back out of the car, I was, uh, I was um, feeling great. And I couldn't believe how much I missed the night, actually. So my last night driving was in Daytona. Um, so that was actually cool fun there. Now you're saying it. It's, I mean, the speed difference is, is big between the DPIs and us. And um, you rely on the spotters. And um, um, Team Court of Motorsport did a good job. Uh, we have good spotters out there. They're helping us. And that's what you need. It's not only your mirrors. It's, I mean... The, like turn four is crazy fast difference on on the on the approach 
So you triple check your mirrors, and um, but um, that's how it is. In terms of this track, it's still the same circuit that it was before, but when the speed differential is so much now, because you don't have the same punch out of the corners. You're not in the Ford GT, which is the last car that you drove most recently here. How much of a difference does it change your driving style around this place? Well, the driving style is already dictated by ABS, right? So between GT Le Mans and uh, GTD, um, ABS is the biggest factor. And that makes a big um, difference, um, anyways, in, in, in ways of. So you you approach probably faster, uh, slower, but you brake later, and um, that's kind of kind of interesting. And you need to get the head around because now you're almost catching back to the DPIs because you're so late on brake, um, which is kind of kind of great. Um, it's good battle out there. I think it's uh, it's really really good. I'm looking forward. Most people associate Dirk Mueller with Joey Hand. Joey's also racing here this weekend, but he's not in Motul Petit Le Mans. Is it easier for you that your longtime teammate isn't in the same race? You're not having to worry where he is on track. Well, I never, I never had to worry, so I'm, I'm missing my Joey. I'm glad that he's here, so um, I'm definitely watching his race tomorrow. And um, no, we, we are good buddies, so um, you know we, we talk a lot on the phone, and um, yeah, it's good that he's here. It's great to have both of you back, and Dirk, it's so good to be able to interview you again. Good luck this weekend. Here's to a double win for you and your Germ your non-German brother. Thanks a lot. Looking forward. Dirk Müller, uh, just brilliant. Uh, had some good times with him in the past. Smashing lad. Uh, very open. And it's still a very, very capable driver. Start watching the... Waiting for the number 16 to come over the top of the brow there it is coming down towards us now Ollie Jarvis goes under the Michelin Babenden Bridge here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta heading up to turn one he's got a good run on that car might notice if you're trackside this is the pink car we're talking about with number 60 uh, on the side uh, and it has an illuminated number 5 on it as well telling you it's 5th in class they've actually Rather like a tailplane or uh, the tail and rudder on a, a jet aircraft, they've lit the honking great fin because it's got the sponsors on it. That's really clever. I've, and I haven't worked out where they've put the little lights yet to do that, but that's going to make life really easy to spot that car. I think that has to be made mandatory from now on that prototypes have to have the rear deck illuminated that's a brilliant idea why has no one thought of that before it's coming down to 10A and 10B again and you can see the Sirius XM and the Acura Type S quite clearly there big sparks as he goes over the bumpers at the turn in at turn 12 so now I'm going to have to have a little examination of that to find out where they put the... Oh, they're, they're on the inside of the rear fenders. Just saw them there. LED lights. We love them. Now that is, that's a good use of a bit of technology. We're going to be able to spot that one very easily, Jeremy, yeah. in the darkness hours on Saturday night. Yeah, it is brilliant. It is brilliant. Absolutely excellent. Dirk Mueller, of course, he, he won the race here back in 1999. Second, second race, yeah. yeah, exactly right. Along with uh, Sasha Marston and Court Wagner in the Manti Racing with Alex Joe Racing Porsche back then. 
Alex Job were virtually a factory team at that point. Factory support. Somebody going slowly on the back straight there. Um, I think that's the 0-1 car. I caught a flash of it. I think it was a Cadillac. And I, if so, that's Renger van der Zander on his outlap. Now, I, I thought he might... Oh, there he is. Just, yeah. yeah, I thought he might just be... Oh, he's lost a wheel. He's lost... The, the right rear wheel's gone. Um, and he's got a headlight he? out. So I think there's been contact there for van, van der Zander. And there's a red flag. Uh, and I, I noticed the headlight was out, which made me think that there was an issue. But there's the right rear wheel is missing, and the, the left front headlight is out. I just caught a, a little glimpse of it as uh, other cars were going by. So turn seven, turns in, and the wheel comes off. Oops, sorry, oh, yes. the wheel comes off and bounces across the front of the car and takes out the left-hand front headlight. Wow, never a good day when you're overtaken by a part of your own vehicle, I think. Um, great pickup by the tape apes, very quick. And that was indeed an outlap. There's a red and yeah. green zero. It's a bit like an, a Molagato sign when it's in red. Shami will love that. Um, so that was outlap, turn seven. He turns in, hits the curb, then the wheel comes off. And ah, was it, it wasn't, wasn't the, the wheel, wheel was it? but it was, it was something that bounced across the front of the car. Was that the wheel nut, That's do we think? I'm wondering, yeah. The wheel nut, maybe, that flicked across the front. It's taken out the, the left front headlamp um, as it went through. Well, we've seen what damage wheel nuts can do. Uh, remember back to Long Beach when the Corvette in a pit stop lost a wheel nut and it pinged forward and bizarrely over the top of the Faf Porsche. Yeah, it hit um, the Faf. Yeah, yeah it, it, over the top of the Faf Porsche and into the exit vent of the radiator, and it was going at such a speed it punched a hole in the radiator. The car couldn't come back out again. Yeah, one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. Yeah, and uh, yeah, s- since that uh, DNF for the the Faf Porsche, um, the, there's they've uh, won four races, uh, finished second once and third once. So uh, mm. since then. It's been a pretty much a you know almost perfect season. You have to say for Faf Motorsports, done a really really good job. Just tremendous consistency from that mm. team, particularly from the drivers Matthew Jaminet and Manny Campbell. Just done an excellent excellent job. And all they need to do tomorrow, we've said it before, is start the race to win the first GTD Pro Championship. No look for the zero one, as it's been pointed out to me by our colleagues up at Charlotte. Most poles, but no. Look in the races. Well, maybe this is a change of look. What do they say? Bad dress rehearsal, good first night. Uh, maybe this is a reversal of fortune for the 0-1 Cadillac. Uh, we'll let the recovery continue as we head down to Lexus with Shea Adam, who has uh, Richard Highstand to speak to for us whilst we're under this red flag for the 0-1 Cadillac. <laughs> Yeah, Richard Highstand, it's got to feel good to get back in the Lexus, a familiar car, a car that you know so well and that you've been very fast in in the past. You've got a couple of pole positions to your name and a couple of wins with the Lexus. What's it like to race here in the pitch black of Road Atlanta, though? You've done that a few times before, too. That's great. It's good to be back. Uh, when you when you do the endurance races, there's, there's always a big gap. So um, you do, you know, you appreciate it when you get back in. The wins were a little while ago, so we, I think we need another one. Um, 
you know, the team's working really hard and, and the speaking of, you know, when we won in 2019 and now coming back into the program, the progress the team has made has been kind of astonishing to see. I think that um, they've, they've done all the right things and collectively as a group, it's just now we just need a little bit of luck. Um, you know, Lexus hasn't wasn't won an endurance race yet. And I think at this point, it's a little bit overdue, so that's the goal. <laughs> well, you guys certainly threw down in the first couple of practice sessions up at the top of the charts for both of the cars. Is that indicative of the pace in the day, and are we going to see something different at night? Well, we need to be fast at night. Um, I, think, I think, to be fair, uh, in the day, um, I don't think right now uh, we will be the quickest. I think we, we struggle with the balance a little bit during the day. Um, cars good over one lap but but it was promising there at night um the balance it was the best it's been and, and and also you know past the peak of the tire uh it felt pretty good so you know we'll, we'll see you know this is going to be a crazy race probably the craziest petit le mans maybe ever i you can just see it and feel it out there i'm not the only one saying it so i really think pace aside it'll be uh stay on the lead lap and have a clean car with a couple hours to go, step one. So, Just one more question for you. In terms of the endurance race calendar, there's a bit of a break between Daytona and Sebring. It's about six weeks. But then coming into Watkins Glen, you knocked off the cobwebs by racing at Le Mans. Well, now coming into Petit Le Mans, how do you get ready for this one? This is the toughest one. Uh, so it just, you know, it depends on what else you're doing. Uh, this year, yeah, it's been it's been uh, a few month gap, but we, we luckily we tested, and so you, you you knock the rust off a little bit there, and then uh, you get into you know your first second run here, and and you start feeling like a race car driver again, um, and it's the same for everyone who does that role. Yeah. Thanks, Richard. Good luck yeah, this yeah, weekend. Thank you very much. Slightly up the pit lane with the 44, Andy Lally on the Aston Martin of Magnus Racing. Um, he's just bounced off. He's very kindly bounced down from the, from the Pratt perch to tell me, don't ask me any questions, I haven't done any laps so far today. So how frustrating is it not to do laps today? It's, uh, it's a little tough when all of your practice is done in one day here. Um, we're back in the garage right now. We've had two completely separate, unrelated um, mechanical gremlins from outsourced components that we use that are normally from extremely reliable, very meticulous providers uh, that have just just caused us some pretty bad luck today. So we are uh, under the tent right now trying to get uh, um, something electrical swapped out so that hopefully we can all cram in a few laps this afternoon. But uh, we pulled out of the pits this morning uh, for session one and uh, discovered a problem that took us out of session one and session two. And then the guys, this crew is amazing always, and uh, they hustled and did an amazing amount of work in a relatively short amount of time. And then we discovered some other little issue here. So um, uh, they're back at the tent again, hustling their butts off as they always do. This this is, uh, you know, t t today it looks unfortunate like we, we're, we're not doing a great job, but this is my my favorite crew i've ever had here these guys work a ton so anyway hopefully with uh about 15 or 20 minutes to go here we'll come out and give this uh give it a shot and uh then maybe use morning warm-up as most of our uh, go for tomorrow uh, am i right in assuming that the, the problem in session one required a complete engine change or is just ancillaries it required an engine and transmission change oh, wow. yes everything <laughs> the guys the guys did an amazing amount of work uh, in a sh very short amount of time and, and swapped out uh, 
the, the car looked the car looked like a new tub <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon and then everything went back on it uh, the suspension stayed on it but yeah the full drivetrain and engine uh, everything uh, got swapped out so this one then obviously so, so then you, you brought it out for, for night practice and was and was it a so the problem you've got now is not catastrophic you're not changing the engine but what, but what did it actually affect well we were we were worried that if we continued John did two or three laps and the problem was getting worse and it was one of those things where potentially we could have pushed through it just to log some laps, but also potentially it could have become catastrophic and um, caused a, a major engine failure. So uh, just to be safe, we're thinking, obviously, it's a long race, and if we can uh, be smart and stay on the lead lap uh, Saturday, regardless of how little practice or qualifying that we get, uh, hopefully we could figure it out in the race and make some small adjustments to get it, uh, get it in the field here. Well, the only positive thing is you got it over and done with in, uh, in practice. It's, yeah, so you have a lovely fresh car for, for warm-up in the race. I sure hope so. Uh, we've definitely saved on tire budget, for sure. And uh, we'll be able to put tires on every 20 minutes or so come green. You are limiting sets. You've got yourself an advantage, you see. Exactly, yeah. That's, maybe it's a strategy. Maybe, maybe my crew chief and our engineers just haven't been telling me about this is the strategy that we've been playing out all weekend here. And you're not, you're not road Atlanta virgin, so... No, I live, I, I live in Suwannee, so uh, for the locals here, I'm, I'm, I'm 25, 30 minutes down the road here. Uh, Spence is down in Midtown. John's the only out-of-towner here driving the car, but uh, he's been here plenty, too, over the years. So uh, Spence and I stood on the inside of Turn 1 and watched the green flag for the first-ever Petite here. We've been coming here almost every year since, so it's, it's pretty cool to be here uh, for this race, and uh, we'll just try to turn this around and go forward. Andy, I really hope your luck changes. Thank you, buddy. Mega mega interview Nick and Andy Lally there and such a lot of uh, information coming out of that Jeremy so the full engine change we knew about we, we didn't realise it was a full drive chain and the transaxle had to come out of that car as well we saw some pictures of it getting some of the work done that all got put together the car goes back out again and John Potter then has another issue shall I come in or shall I keep pushing on no I'll keep, keep oh no no come in come in so talk about having all your bad luck at one time Jeremy um, but I mean Andy's enthusiasm is you know never ending um, and that car they'll basically be using warm up as a shakedown on, on Saturday morning yeah well we've got we have got practice tomorrow haven't we we've got qualified tomorrow, got uh, tomorrow. Uh, sorry we have Where got qualified we? tomorrow yeah. yes so I'm so they, so they should get out for that as well. Yeah, so uh, they've got... Um, so that'll only be one driver, yeah, though. That's the issue there. They'll true. want to get another couple of drivers through. True. So but, being, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to find out who qualifies the car and whether it's just to basically use qualifying as an extra practice session and then maybe well, put the other two drivers in the car on Saturday morning. It's got to be either John or, or Spencer because yeah, Spencer's true. silver, silver is point. Uh, and his gold. So... Um, but uh, you know, massive, you know, as you said, uh, massive amount of experience here. Yeah, they've um, they, they they know they they know what to do. There is an implication and with that, of course, because Spencer Pompelli's in the pilot challenge race, and he would normally finish that off. So, does he have time to get out? It, of it'll be John Potter who qualifies the car for do you sure. Think so? yeah, 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 yeah. So John to qualify, and then probably a few laps each from. Yeah, but. Spencer the other two aren't going to get any laps in at all. I think they, they have the kind of waiver because they've done so many races here in the past. So I think it should be okay on that score. Yeah, that's a good point. 
but uh, still certainly frustrating. Uh, but what a, you know, just a great attitude. Yeah, brilliant, man. He, he, he's he's absolutely wonderful. Uh, takes everything in his stride. Um, Shea will know this. Um, how many rookies, complete rookies, do we have here, Shea, uh, this year? Oh, goodness. Um, I haven't actually counted them up, John. What? What? I'm, I'm sorry? I've got them all written down. Hang on, call the state troopers. Somebody is impersonating Shea Adam in the front there. <laughs> I just haven't sat down and actually totaled them up because I don't normally do that until right before. Well, actually, it would have been at the end of today when we're official with our entry list. Because That's a good as, point, too. As we had earlier, um, Wayne Boyd is out of the race and Kyle Marcelli is in his place. And we lost, what, five cars that we were expecting, three of which we knew about before we got here and two of which we found out this morning when I came out on the pit lane and they weren't here. Yeah, uh, and we've got our Valkyrie stats from last year as well, which we're going to crunch through and use those uh, during the sessions uh, tomorrow. And, of course, during the race, we know how much you like our Valkyrie stat attack for the races. Shea will be breaking that down for us in terms of what happened here last year. Might give us a few clues to what happened. Carry our full season WEC partners uh, on our sister service over on RS1 on uh, RadioLamont.com. Alex Lynn and Richard Westbrook in the two quickest cars, both Cadillacs, 0 2 and 5 in the pit lane. 0 2 back out again. That was the car, let's not forget, Jeremy, that had uh, uh, a little bit of damage towards the end of this afternoon's session. Didn't actually finish the session, so Alex has given it a run this evening and. Uh, over 30 laps completed, uh, including the fastest one uh, this evening, a 109.880 for that car. Yeah, just uh, four or five laps ago, so shortly before the red flag, I think that was for Earl Bamba. Again, uh, it was he, I think, who was driving the car this afternoon. We had a bit of coming together with the uh, Settle our Ferrari coming into turn 12, sort of plunging down the hill after the bridge. And I think Roberto Lacorte, I think it was, who was driving the the GTD Ferrari, I don't think he saw Earl Bamba coming up behind him because as he'd come out of turn 10 and went up the hill over the, over the brow, there was another GTD car between the two. I think there might have been another car in that mix as well. So he was probably unaware of the fact that uh, Bamba was kind of coming past him as he tried to turn into turn 12. And uh, a bit of contact, but they both drove it, did a really good job to make sure it wasn't anything worse than that. But the... Zero two team, the Cadillac Racing crew brought that car into the pits and uh, sat out the final what, 20 minutes or so of that session to uh, to check for damage. Down in the pit lane at the Andretti Autosport with uh, Josh Burden. Josh, Josh you've, your team seems to be slightly different. You've had a Gabby Chavez in the car for a long time, so uh, and you haven't actually got your uh, your laps in, but you're you're kind of lining up to get them done now. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I got my laps done uh, at the very beginning of the session. I did four laps, and then Gabby is in to basically make sure we've got a quick car in the night. So. You had some problems uh, earlier in the day. I mean, what, did, you, did you get to the bottom of those problems? Uh, yeah, no major problems as such. Um, to be honest, it was actually relatively smooth. Uh, we were just running through a whole different program that the team wanted to try. Uh, a lot of different setup uh, directions and... Jared had a uh, accidental little off, but apart from that, uh, it hasn't really been too bad of a day for us. So, did those uh, you know, uh, outlandish setup ideas they work? Are you going to be uh, the, the, uh, the unique LMP3 with something special? 
Uh, I hope they worked. Uh, I didn't get to drive a lot of the evolutions, uh, a lot of the development down was down today to Gabby. So um, let's see. Uh, I think the engineers have quite a bit of work to do tonight. And um, next time I'm in for some proper driving will be the race. So hopefully by then we have a very quick car and we're uh, fighting for the win at the end of 10 hours on Saturday. You're running first year class, so Gabby's doing something right. But uh, so what's it like when you kind of having to... Ha- Take, as a racing job, having to take such a back seat in how the car's set up, so you literally will probably come in an hour three and go, oh, this is what it's like. Uh, it's it's okay. I, everybody is obviously in on all of the briefings, and I trust Gabby and his feedback. He's been in the car all season, and I'm basically uh, just a call and plug in for the endurance races. So I understand uh, that's the job. Um, Gary, Gary, sorry, uh, Gabby has a very similar driving style to me. Um, and everything that's happening, I think, is in a really good direction. So uh, I trust his feedback. Well, it's just on a 116 flat, so you'll take that, yeah? Yeah, we'll take this. <laughs> Thank you, John. Cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> yes, they will yeah. uh, take that as well. He's going to be known as Gary Chavez from now on. <laughs> uh, that's very, very antipathetic. Very good. Yeah. Like everybody has a nickname. And with good timing there, as, as, uh, as Josh Burden was talking with uh, Nick Damon, Gabby did go to the top of the charts in LMP3 with that 116.0. We're just fractionally quicker than Felipe Fraga, who'd been uh, setting the pace previously for Riley Motorsports in number 74. And that time for Gabby uh, is that, that car's quickest time of the day. It's only three, about three tenths or so away from the fastest time set this afternoon in uh, LMP3 uh, by. It was uh, Kai Van Berlo actually set the fastest time with 15.56 this afternoon. About half a second, I suppose. Sheer Adam has been busily counting <laughs> the rookies on uh, on her notes and comes up with what answer, Sheer? The answer is Sean Creech Motorsports. Ah, 33. 33. Okay, yep. yes, very um, good. And thank you very much, by the way, to uh, the Paul Miller Racing guys because I was able to hide in their pit box and count safely and not be hit by cars. Nice, very yep. good. Thank you, Shit. So 33 drivers who have no experience at all of uh, racing at uh, Road Atlanta and uh, Motul Patilamont. 25th anniversary year of this fantastic motor race. I, I, I do remember coming here in 1998 before there was an American Le Mans series and when there was, I think, just under 30 cars. It was 28 cars. The first, the first year? Yeah. There were... 29. 29. Oh, well, sorry. And everybody thought it was ridiculous to have that many cars in different classes around a two-and-a-half-mile circuit. Yeah. And then they saw the circuit and went, it's ridiculous to have that many cars in so many classes around this circuit with all the ups and downs and the blind. This is going to be carnage. I think we went about five and a half or six hours before we got even the first full course yellow. But then we had the flip, of course, of the of the 911 Evo, 98, and 911. And uh, that went all around the world. The racing was superb, and a new endurance classic had burst onto the scene. Uh, Course 99, it was part of the nascent American Le Mans series, the debut season, and uh, hasn't always been the final rounds. 
it was one year definitely where the final round was uh, on the roval at Las Vegas believe it or not and but it, it's always been towards the end of the season settled into this early October late November sort of time of the year which has sometimes been a little bit tricky with the weather patterns next year I think it goes a little bit deeper into October and there is a clash with the European Le Mans series finale which is moving forward in November they're normally the last weekend in, November, in October they're normally the last weekend in October and they're pulling back a couple of weeks and so there will be drivers and possibly teams as well who have to make a choice between the last round of the ELMS and uh, this race I suspect it will depend on championship positions I, I, I find that disappointing so for, yeah so much for convergence yeah I, I find that disappointing uh, the WEC calendar today also with two clashes Long Beach um, and CTMP uh, as well um, I understand it's a little more difficult for a world championship they're trying to stay away from Formula 1 as well but when you get to two season finales I, I cannot believe having this race announced however long ago ago it was that uh, at some stage somebody couldn't move a week either way but hey you know it's how it is everyone's going to have to make choices I suspect that the ELMS will be on the Sunday so in terms of spectators that's a heck of a weekend for endurance racing Uh, in terms of drivers and teams well not so possibly not so much and also to a certain extent to some of the journalists who would normally be at both as well so in the pit lane the zero one is back on the pit lane they're having a, a a good look at the right rear of of that car this was the car that brought out the red flag the right rear wheel and tire disappeared now there was no nut still on the rim so it wasn't a, a, on the hub rather so it wasn't a rim failure uh, something pinged across the front of the car and took off the headlight we think that was probably the single wheel nut the centre lock wheel nut and they're having a good look at that now again Jeremy on the pit lane they are indeed it's a bizarre one wasn't it it was an outlap she's coming through turn 7 and the wheel disappears and I thought originally that the wheel had bounced across the front of the car and taken out the headlight but in fact it was something far smaller than that yeah it was the wheel nut it was the wheel nut spinning from the back wheel uh, all the way down the side uh, of the number zero one and then flicked across the front and took out the left front headlamp so we've we mentioned a little bit earlier on uh, the FAF car at Long Beach that was disabled and taken out the race by an errant wheel nut from the Corvette that was pitted behind them. So, yeah. Two very odd wheel nut incidents uh, uh, this year. Some uh, really good laps have uh, been turned fairly uh, recently. Uh, in LMP2, we saw uh, Ryan DL go to the top of the charts in the number 18 era motorsport. Uh, Orica uh, with a 
0.352. That's just been eclipsed by Louis Delatraz in the Tower Motorsport uh, Orica, number 8, 111.030. That's only just over a second off the fastest time of all this evening. So a really wow. impressive lap from Louis Delatraz. Uh, John Ferrano, of course, chairing that, that car along with uh, Rui Pinto de Andrade, who had the incident at turn one earlier on. I saw John Ferrano uh, just uh, around about supper time and he said, yeah, the car was fine afterwards. He took it back after, after, after that. It looked like a fairly stout impact with the tyre wall down there. But he said uh, they're even going to use that same nose no. this evening, is what he reckoned. Yeah, it did, it did a different nose. Well, was there, I was was there any explanation for the accident? Was there an issue or just a, no. a slight mistake by Rui? I think probably just a, a, a slight mistake. And yeah, it, it had been gusty. You know, the wind had been yeah. gusty. He, he could well have been caught out by, by a gust of wind. And then the car just sort of stepped sideways and then he's off the racetrack and then he's in trouble because and we uh, saw the same thing in the Porsche race yes actually, we did uh, with Lauren exactly Heinrich right. from yeah. the, the, the leader of the race a little VP in race update then 109 uh, in session update 109.880 the fastest times set tonight by Cadillac 02 and 110.003 for JDC Miller Motorsport Cadillac 5 and the third Cadillac in the top three this evening Number 31, Whalen car with a 110-188. And, he's, and Oli, Oli Pla has just set that time a lap or two ago. Yeah. Uh, a couple of laps before that, Oliver Jarvis went into, into P3, third fastest time as a recent copy to see only Ferrari goes off the road there at to turn five, isn't it? Yeah, wow, that's a, uh, an interesting excursion there for... Who, right who through the gravel car? last time. Daniel Serra. Around. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't normally make mistakes. Yeah, like on, that either. He was on a pretty good lap. He'd just gone uh, <laughs> personal best for that car in sector one. Um, but uh, pushing a little bit too just, hard there in turn five. Just complete this little uh, update for everybody who might just be joining us or moving around at the track. Listening on 98.1 Road Atlanta FM. Uh, LMP2 led by Tower Motorsport, that car that Jeremy was talking about, the number eight machine. So clearly not affecting its speed tonight. Jarrett Andretti back out in the 36 car. Gabby Chavez setting the time to put them at the top of LMP3. That was another car that had a graze with the wall at turn five, funny enough, earlier on today. Aaron Tielitz for Vasa Sullivan is the best of the GTDs. And GTD Pro is his teammate, but Jack Hawksworth is not as quick as either Aaron or Eric Johansson for Paul Miller Racing. So the GTD Pro car is only third quickest in GTD. No reason why that shouldn't be the case. The cars are same spec, same balance of performance. That's how it stands. About 24 minutes to go. VP Racing Fuel in session update. Let's pop down to Nick, who was watching the 01 Cadillac go back out after its... Um, yeah. Three wheels on my wagon moment. Well, yes, they, they decided to have the, the comedy wheel falling off moment. Uh, but they got away with it. There's, there's virtually no damage on the car. Obviously, a new light is not a big problem for Chip Ganassi Racing. However, before they sent Ring of Anderzander, uh, they wanted to do a download or some sort of computer check. So they plugged the computer in and instantly got the blue screen of death with the sad face on the, uh, on the PC. So they, they unplugged it, went, oh, well, we won't bother with that, then sent the car. So it's good to know that even major manufacturers of major race teams uh, can't avoid a bad Windows update. It looks like the car's coming back to you, Nick, and the left headlight is not on. Um, so have they had another incident, or did they replace perhaps the note? Well, perhaps without the computer to tell it, it's back there again. They couldn't turn it on. Oh, I'll, I'll wait and see if it turns Oh, no, that is, a new, that is a new nose, because it's got the yeah. headlamp cover on, which the other one did not. I'll stay with you for a second as oh, it yep. comes in. It's got no light on the left-hand side. He's in, he stopped in front of me. Uh, and they're going for nose number three. 
another nose comes in. Uh, kind of wonder what when the when the wheel clunked it whether it, it took some electrical connection out. But when you replace the nose, it normally takes uh, has all those connections with it. So in they plug. Interestingly, if you want to know, there's actually three roller connections right in the centre, uh, centre left of the nose. So it's, 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 it's uh, kind of like how they connect in. It's a uh, there are very few physical connections. They're clipping on the uh, the two sides of the the. The man with the so there's very there's advanced not, tool. There is not a... There's um, no wire. There's no wire to connect. No. It's, it's just a, an interference fit. Uh, and and basically that makes the connections. Well, I, think like, a, I, think it, I think it might just be, it might be, it might be a connection fit. But the connection fit is by, is by connector to connector. It's not by uh, uh, a dangly wire being plugged in by, by Derek on the pit lane. Right. Um, so that's gone away again. Um, hopefully with two lights. Um, yes, I can the, say two lights. Uh, the man with the broken computer's managed to get that working again. So things are looking up now at 01. <laughs> they, uh, the, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's sat there. You know, it's, it's, it's like everybody, it's, it's a really, really important day. You've got to get ready for the meeting and suddenly it wants to do an update. You know, this is nightmare. Blue screen of death is never good. Shit, Adam uh, has been watching some cars go behind the wall and say, we've had enough for tonight. Let's go and, let's go and download... A few facts from the day. Who have you seen uh, calling it a Tisha? Hopefully with no blue screen of death. Uh, the only car that I can see missing so far from the pit lane is the Riley Technology LMP3 machine. Second in the championship for Gar Robinson. Uh, assisted this weekend ably by Kyvan Berlo and Felipe Braga. That car won the race last year. And keep in mind, it's the same car with almost the same driver lineup. The only difference being no Scott Andrews. But instead, they do have the assistance of Kai. Uh, Era just missed their pit box. That was interesting. Uh, Era Motorsports, the number 18 LMP2 car, went to dive into PR1 Matheson's pit box. Their pit box was actually about uh, four boxes further down the pits, towards the pit in. And But yeah, other than that, everybody else is still out running. Interesting. Thank you, Shane. When we heard from Andy Lally a while ago... How long did he think, they, when did he think they could get back that, that uh, Magnus Racing Aston Martin back out on the road track? How long to go did he say? Did he say about 20 minutes to go? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Just well, they, they've, they've, they've got that car is on track. Andy wow. Lally at the wheel with uh, 20 minutes to go in the session. So hats off to that Magnus Racing crew. Andy, once again, on the, on the, uh, on the money there. The team's done a fabulous job to repair whatever problem it was they had after they changed the entire drivetrain on that number 44 car and Andy Lally will be going out now to turn his first laps of the week and hoping that the car is going to behave well they've got 20 minutes if it's okay yeah, and that's you know that's a good amount of time just had someone kicking up the dirt I think that might have been the number 3 car as it came through Ooh, hard to say they, we are going to have a trench to the left hand side of the kerb underneath the starter stand. Uh, both of ours, in fact, all three of our starters were. We sat and had a quick bite of dinner, supper with, before this session started. And uh, and Tani was drinking a can of of soda and saying, "Well, that's it. I've finally got the taste of the dust out of my mouth. I can enjoy something to eat now." I mentioned this earlier on, but worth mentioning again. It's Dennis Paul, long time starter for American Le Mans series and IMSA uh, it is his last race in that role for the foreseeable future he's going to concentrate on his day job he's part of a, a clever team that is uh, working on a very different 
approach to a cure for cancer, working on the cellular level. And uh, that's been that's work that's been going on, as you can imagine, for quite some time. And they're uh, getting close to some full trials now. So Dennis is heading on to that. Came up with a he came up with a really really clever concept. Um, which it's not my place to talk about, but we, we have had a chat about it. And Dennis is a very clever lad, loves his motor racing, been a part of this paddock for a very long time on the IMSA uh, and ELMS side, whereas Tanny came from the Grandan side. That was nice that we had that united uh, look to our starter stand. Uh, Dennis will be a big miss around here he has got the ability to break down some very very difficult concepts uh, to sentences that even I could understand and I was left nodding and going that's genius why has nobody else thought of that and we wish him and the team all the best on that for uh, very many reasons of course uh, let's uh, nip back down to uh, Shea and to Nick for some updates Shea uh, what's happening at your end of pit lane? Well, clearly, Core Autosport heard me talking about their championship rivals packing it up for the evening and deciding <laughs> to uh, keep it an early night. And they've decided to do the same. So rollers have gone on to the 54. That's two cars now that have gone back to the garage to tuck their cars in early. This is remarkable, John. I don't think we've ever had a night practice where people have been on track in this kind of force this late. Yeah, agreed. The people using the, the time um, as much as they they can. When she says uh, they put the car on rollers, um, she means a set of tyres that won't be used during the race. They're normally an old set of wet weather tyres, uh, which aren't going to be used. Being wet weather tyres, they'll probably be quite well inflated as well, but being wet weather tyres, it already raises the ride height of the car. Maybe over inflated as well, just to help the car get back into the paddock. Nick, anything going on at your end of things? Yeah, I've been watching the number nine, the uh, FAF uh, the plaid motorsports uh, Porsche, absolutely. It's plaid, it's plaid design. Um, they've been working very heavily on the front end of the car. Uh, I initially thought they were just doing a kind of a pad and discharge to bed in a second set for the race but no, um, they've been they're basically, they've, they've taken the shocks off I think they've done a spring change or they've had a spring failure which involves taking the shock off. And, and you know how normally these things are, like, happen in four seconds? You know, they unscrew the two bolts, the shock comes off with one unit, they bung it in, it's, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, not so much this time. Uh, they're, they're having as much trouble as I had trying to change the exhaust bolts of my TR4, when they, uh, a, TR4A, which has been rusted on for several years. Uh, it, oh, another, ah, now the iPhone torch has failed as well, so things are getting worse. Uh, so they are, they are they're trying to put on put the, the second, this uh, right-hand side, uh, damper and spring unit uh, and they've been fitting with it for a long time it's just, it's just been a very difficult job so I can only assume that wasn't the planned and, thing and they've had a spring failure and what's going on with the number 10 car right ahead of it because uh, they're working on the back of that car or are they just swivelling it around uh, so that it can get out again because they that's have, been up and down like the Assyrian Empire they are absolutely right they've got the, uh, the, the door is open at the moment I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stand on the pit for the first time uh, Acura, the Acura yep. I've got to have it. it's a uh, yeah, this looks like. Oh, oh, Put car back now. Is this going to be that's it for today, or is it going to be we found something going on? There's no. There are, there's a lot of people looking at it. There's quite a lot of concern. This is not. Let's stick some tyres on. That's finished. Um, Time to go and find someone from the team. Yeah, they're about to send, do that. yeah, absolutely. About to send it. Oh, it sounds awful. Hear it. Well, it might be on the limiter. 
Right, I'll keep an eye on that, Nick, and see if it pe- peels it. No, no, that's wheel spin. It's going back out again. Uh, I'll let you go and speak to both of those teams and find out what was going on. A couple of improvements lately. New third fastest car that would be the number zero one car that now has four wheels attached and is going fast. And two headlights. And two headlights. Renga van der Zander up to third <laughs> position then. A one minute 10.168. Uh, and again, it's, it's super tight at the front there. The top uh, uh, seven cars now uh, within six tenths of a second at the front of the field. Kobe, Kobe Ashley also improved. Uh, well, massively, actually, because he was behind that uh, number 48 car was behind uh, three, I think, of the uh, the LMP2 cars. But Kobe Ashley has now gone up, moved himself up into the fifth position in car number 48, a 110.261. Also looking in GTD, with the, uh, the GTD and GTD Pro, there's 19 cars within one second. Uh, uh, of course there is. Yeah, so uh, that's... Faf uh, car out of the pit lane. Uh, like they were messing about with some ducting in the underneath the front end of that car where normally you put your luggage in a GT3. Now that car sounds good. Going up towards turn number five now. Nick is trying to get a word with the team to find out if that was just a spring change or something more sinister maybe they'd snap the spring on one side and they want to put a match pair back in uh, the 10 Acura Konica Minolta car that car disappeared in a cloud of Michelin dust as they spin the wheels out uh, we're down to the last 13 minutes and let's uh, Go to uh, Nick for an update on the FAF Porsche, the Haggerty driveway sponsored yeah. machine. I was right, it was a spring change, but okay. it wasn't because it was broken, it was a, pl- a, a setup change. It just took a bit longer than they expected. It did look like everything was going wrong that could go wrong. It's one that I, yeah, we all have those days, don't we? When uh, what is it? Every, every 10 minute job is one broken nut away from being a major disaster. Well, <laughs> I've never had a 10 minute job be a 10 minute job when I've been <laughs> doing it, I can tell you that. Now, and any news? On the any news on the ten car, the Acura from Continental That they're next door, so I've done one, I'm with the other. Okay, uh, let's head down to uh, Gradient Racing and to Kiffin Wilson, who is with uh, with Shea Adam. Well, Kiffin, you're another one of these rookies. I love talking to you. Have you ever raced a car and anything as dark as what you just got out of? Definitely not. Uh, that was definitely the darkest I've ever raced a car in, uh, but it was a great experience. How good is it to be able to have the intelligence and the experience of Mario Farnbacher and Mark Miller up on the pit box to help guide you through your first petite? I mean, they both won this race. Yeah, yeah, it's been great having them help me out. We had a test a couple weeks ago, and uh, I learned a ton at that test, and I felt like I was able to jump in this weekend and perform quite well. Um, Still learning a lot about the dark and uh, all this because we didn't get to do any dark running, but it's been great getting this running in. This race is a little bit like the 24 hours of Daytona in that you do most of your practice in one day, then you have almost a day off with just qualifying and then the race. Is, is that weird to you? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely strange. Uh, I've never raced anything where you practice and then you've got a day off and then you've got uh, just jumping into the race. So it's a little bit different, but uh, it's a lot of fun doing, doing it. Are you going to be qualifying tomorrow or is it till? Um, we haven't. I haven't asked Andrus yet, but um, Till's qualified all year, so I'm assuming he'll probably qualify. Um, and he's done a great job at it, so we'll see how we end up tomorrow. 
you've also been doing some other forms of racing this year, single-seater. Are you enjoying sports car racing, though? Um, yeah, I'm enjoying sports cars. I've done Indy Lights this year and enjoyed that. Um, and the season's ended, so uh, just focused on this weekend and doing as good as I can. Good luck, Kiffin. Thank you. Good to have the Gradient boys back. Seems a long time since we've seen them. Over the past two seasons, they've done a full season of races in terms of the events, but they've spread it over two years. They did the uh, Sprint Cup uh, last year, and they have done the Michelin Endurance Challenge, uh, which finishes here this weekend as well. Performance Tech, I'm being told by Shea, are packing up and leaving the pits lane. We've got all the DPIs out on the track right now. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of them running together and running through traffic here, yeah. which is rather exciting. We're fortunate to have the onboards piped to us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. If, if this is what we're going to see tomorrow, uh, Saturday, Jeremy, yeah. I am very excited indeed. And this... Remember, it's only a practice session. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. And uh, Renga van der Zander has just improved again. Uh, 1 minute 10.162 now for Renga in the third place car. That's number 01. And, uh, you know, these guys, yeah, as we said all along, you know, all seven of these DPI cars certainly have the capability to win this race. Uh, right now, it's Cadillac, 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 Cadillac. So five Cadillacs wow. are followed by two Acuras, but all of them covered by less than six tenths of a second and it's, uh, it's going to be a very very fraught final stage of this race I believe on Saturday night This is Sebring all over again isn't it Jeremy and, and the, the teams are quite happily saying that that this race is won in the darkness hours yeah. all the drivers saying I love this race, it's a bit like Daytona it's a bit like Sebring, you don't really know where you are until the last maybe two and a half three hours of the race I mean, we, we've got people battling in the braking area down at turn Squeezing. out braking each other it's the uh, high class car that was being passed by the tower car uh, a lap of the <laughs> you would have thought that was two laps from the end of the race and that was for race victory in the championship there and as you know it, we're eight minutes from the end of third practice session there's, there's a lot of competitive juices somebody said that in there was uh, interviews, and I can't remember who it was now, but she'll remember. You can feel this is going to be a feisty race, even already. It was uh, Richie Highstand, thank you. Now, we've got a, uh, a penalty for the number 54 yeah, car. which was in the pits ages ago, wasn't it? Uh, penalty for improper tyre tool usage during tyre change, drive-through penalty. But we heard... Um, that that car's gone back. Yeah, that, they parked it a long time ago. They're, they're happy. They, uh, they, that core auto sport team know they've got a good car. They're going for the championship. And um, Have they got a drive-through? or? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the penalty. Wow. But uh, when, well, they, when they serve that, I don't know. They might. Maybe when they did that illegal tyre ch- change was maybe on their way back to the garage. I don't know. They, they sure may have to be. serve that in qualifying. Yeah, possibly. Um, because... because penalties can be carried over into yeah. the next session yeah. in IMSA competition which which actually I don't think is a bad idea yeah. we've seen people park for a few minutes at the start of sessions and the start of, of qualifying yeah. as well so you don't get a free pass just because you uh, are outside of the session and I, I don't disagree with that yeah. at, at all 
Uh, most of the penalties that are called in the pit lane are safety related and yep. going back to when Dick Martin was running the pit lane now Johnny Knotts there are you don't want to penalise people you, do want, you don't want to give out penalties you want to keep people safe so I'll almost guarantee that teams who get penalised for odd things will have been tapped on the shoulder about it by an IMSA Ooh. official uh, prior to it there's a big jump there up into second position in GTD Pro for James Collado in number 62 recent competition Ferrari uh, so uh, fastest in GTD Pro still behind Aaron Tielitz yes in the uh, number uh, 12 GTD non-pro Vassar Sullivan Lexus but uh, that's a big jump there from Ooh. James Collado who went from I don't know about uh, 33rd, but probably up 10 positions overall uh, with an improvement of about three tenths of a second. But the, right now, there, there were six, there were six guys on one minute 20 point something. Yeah. Bobby Foley's on one twenty point zero zero zero, and then there's yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five, six cars between that and the one twenty point zero five. It's remarkably close there in the middle of that pack in GTD cars. That includes a couple of pro cars as well. Yeah, get used to that. Number eight qualifying yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Qualifying we'll have for you live in sound and vision. If you check imsaradio.com, uh, you'll see our broadcast times. That's whether you're in the States or further afield. Uh, flag-to-flag coverage, no interruptions, uh, no subscriptions. Uh, all available for you free, as have all of the IMSA WeatherTech qualifying sessions. For the race itself on Saturday, if you're here in the States... A huge NBC Sports team. Uh, Lee Diffie uh, heading uh, that up with uh, Calvin Fish and Brian Till and James Hinchcliffe, Townsend Bell, Dave Burns. So they'll be your booth talent. And check your local listings for details on that. Or you can follow along on XM Sirius as well. Uh, as IMSA Radio on RS2 if you're moving around you've got to be looking at pictures understand that stick us on on your Bluetooth in your cart from your smart device if you're moving around uh, let's head down to Nick Damon who is with Renga von der Sander no I'm with Philippe Albuquerque just, oh, out, sorry. just out of the 10 car this Excuse the uh, Alta car first of all um, the timing sheet so five Cadillacs ahead of you is that concerning? <laughs> yeah uh, well if they were fighting for the championship, yes. <laughs> so uh, they are look competitive. They are really are competitive. Um, yeah, I mean, we need to wait for the race and see. Um, last year they did pole position as well here, and it's pretty crazy. We are now almost last, but we are only four ten, five tens off. So the whole field is pretty compact. It's going to be interesting tomorrow. Who knows the qualifying lap? Yeah, apparently Acura have never won the race because winning the race is not important. It's just beating your, your fellow Acura, isn't it? Yeah, this, this race in particular. I mean, like already last year, we were just concerned about the 31. This year, we are concerned about the 60. Obviously, um, the Cadillacs, they know that. Uh, they're going to go able to be taking another level of risks and knowing that we are fighting for the championship. So we put us off as in a sensible uh, situation. Obviously, if one of us will be ahead... It will be, you know, off the, 
on one of the Akras, the fight will be intense there, and I believe the fight will be intense for you know whoever is P1 or P2 or whatever we are. So, I mean, of course, Acura have already won this championship. So there's no team order, so you can be as uh, rough as you like with them. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great for the fans, right? Uh, and and I guess for us as well. So, uh, I mean, it goes down to the last race of the year, uh, the DPI era, which has been uh, a great success. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of in stake here, uh, especially I think more for us as Wayne Taylor Racing. We don't want to go down, uh, you know. Uh, second again in a championship even if it's great and we we did a great championship uh again leading in the last into the last race but uh, we went to i never won the imsef championship so uh it's missing me that um well obviously we we, we, can't, we can't have favorites but i hope you do win um <laughs> but uh, uh, just talk about this session I, I was, i've been watching the car for the last few minutes been coming in going out you, uh, was that just a standard session or were you still working very hard on the setup yeah, we, we're doing a little bit like a, works, uh, a race setup because this is exactly how we're going to finish the race. So how the car sets in, how it's behaving, it's kind of crazy though. It's a pretty good fact for you guys. It's like the wind calmed down a lot. So that changed it a lot as well, the car balance. So the question is going to be, tomorrow is going to be windy, will not it be? So Ricky is going to qualify, so he needs to be aware of that. So now we are doing like final preparation, like, you know, details of changing drivers, getting Brendan up to speed with driver change, he's just put it in now again make sure that he puts the belt on the right position, you know, like um, you know, homework. Great stuff, hopefully Thank you. Oh, brilliant, brilliant again from uh, Felipe Albuquerque. Change at the top of LMP2, Louis Delatraz yeah. uh, for Tower Motorsport goes quicker again, a 110.613 yeah. they, Had they just lost the lead to Aero Motorsport? I think I heard you uh, say that, or have they just gone quicker than their just, own time? I think they've just gone quicker. Right, okay. Uh, but uh, Tretti Autosport just gone quicker as well, but, Gabby Chavez. Yeah, that time by Louis Delatraz, it's only uh, a, less than a tenth and a half away from the number 10 DPI car. Wow. Well, indeed. Wow, yeah. 110.6 there for Louis Delatraz. That is, that is faster than the qualifying lap record here that was set back in 2019 in LMP2, which was 10.7. Uh, so uh, that's a pretty stout lap there from the Swiss driver Louis Delatraz. And he's come straight into the pit lane, as is Christian Rasmussen. Yeah, he's also done a really good spot. job. Yeah. I think, I think P2, if the field can can stay together, I think we've got another good race in P2. Which it generally does, actually, yeah. these days. We've seen some fabulous races, haven't we, in LMP2 this year. Yeah, very much indeed. I, I want to say, we've got check the flag coming out now. A very big thank you to our camera operators in particular and the tech crew here, who, uh, Rooftop Ray on Turn 1 and his colleagues. Uh, been running fibre and uh, chasing everything down today. And they've done a cracking job. And it's been a very long day for them and the marshals and everybody else here yeah. at Michelin Raceway. Road Atlanta, full 12 hours and more of racing, nearly 13 actually. It is 13, it started yeah. at 8 o'clock this morning, it's Correct. Nine. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much, thanks to Alan Sherman and Jason Abrams, particularly uh, from our point of view, who have been uh, very, very helpful as ever uh, on a long day to then. And... 
a brilliant day of racing. And right at the end of the day, <laughs> oh, a little clip coming down the hill. That was the Faf Porsche and the 01 Cadillac with Renga van der Zander coming down the hill at turn 17. That also could have been a very big incident under the waxing crescent moon. It all got a little bit unnecessary. And big slides as well from people coming across there. Yeah, that was, again, very similar as we saw with the 0-2 with uh, Renga van der Zander. So, cutting across. Thanks to Shea and to Nick and Andrew as well for uh, their work earlier on in the pit lane. Shea's been in the booth as well today as well. Jeremy Shaw has been alongside... Uh, me, John Hindoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. You've heard us here on 91, uh, 98.1 FM and around the circuit, courtesy of Dave Miller uh, and all of his technical expertise. And Tim Gray has done the long shift today. Time for us to head out under that waxing crescent moon. We'll be back with you early doors tomorrow. Qualifying and more racing. Qualifying for WeatherTech and plenty of racing to get through on Fast Friday. Join us, Sound and Vision on www.imsaradio.com from Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta. For now, from the team, good night, God bless. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to Imsa Radio wherever you get your podcasts.